You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Yankees Magazine Podcast. I'm John Schwartz. I'm the deputy editor of Yankees Magazine. Joining me right now, we have our executive editor, Nathan Makaborski. Nate, how you doing? All right, John. How are you? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I don't know if the music maybe is a little sadder, a little slower, things like that. Uh, feels a little calmer. You know, this is the episode you don't want to do, ever. <laughs> you, uh, you work a lot of months to get to what you hope is going to be a grand finale, and then for all but one team, the official team podcast, I guess, has to have a sad episode, and here we are. Yeah, it's a bummer, no doubt. I mean, I spent uh, Monday, I was definitely wallowing. <laughs> it, was, it was a sad day, but, you know, pick ourselves up by our bootstraps and uh, fight another day and start turning our attention toward the future, and uh, hopefully we can get it done next year. I feel like we should just have, like, puppies or something in here to to lighten the mood maybe or whatever. maybe next year we'll remember to do that well how about how about burritos for lunch burritos would be nice <laughs> so here, here, here's the story uh this goes live on thursday the world series which obviously the yankees will not be in having lost four games to nothing to the astros it doesn't even begin till friday so even though we are now in kind of off-season mode baseball isn't yet almost nothing is going to happen in, in the world of baseball until the postseason's over so there's just not that much to do right now but we promise weekly episodes and weekly episodes we deliver during this time of year. And so anyhow, thanks for listening. <laughs> um, no, but, but it, and honestly, I, I do think that this is a good moment to kind of offer some last thoughts about, I would say probably the most interesting season since I've worked here. Nate, you worked here in 2009. I did not. Uh, but this has been quite a, I don't know what it's been eight months since we less than that, I guess, because if you consider the lockout, but uh, that was certainly an interesting part too. Uh, this has been an interesting year, just to put it mildly. And, and I do want to get some final thoughts in there. And, and also I, I want to begin the process of talking about what comes next. You know, the reality is Nate and, and, and to anyone listening to this, I think it's important to put some ground rules out there. First off, we don't know anything more than you do most of the time. Secondly, we're not going to speculate. Thirdly, if there is something that we've heard rumors about, we're not going to talk about it here. Um, there's plenty of news sources. There's plenty of podcasts where if you want to hear the speculation, if you want to hear people rant and rave about uh, this person needs to go, this person you know is a disappointment to his entire family, that, that, that's not what you're going to get here. I think you know that by now, but I, I do want to at least let anyone who is tuning in for that at this point you know, hit that fast forward button, go to the next podcast, because this one might not be for you right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, we always uh, keep things positive here, and there were plenty of positives to take away this season. I mean, first and foremost, anytime anybody thinks back to 2022, the first name that's going to come to mind if they're talking about the Yankees is Aaron Judge, and what a, you know, remarkable, absolutely stunning season he put together. That made for a lot of fun. You know, it was fun to just whether you're, you know you're sitting in the press box on a random Tuesday night uh, in July or you know Ari traveling around the country and even into Canada down the stretch in September to to follow him um, it was really really exciting um, you know the the talk of can he get to 61 started so long ago and um, 
you know, it, it was really just, you know, we got to wait and see. Is he going to go into a cold snap? Is he going to take off? You didn't know. You just had to, you know, tune in every night. And, you know, I feel like the entire tri-state area was just, you know, so locked in. I mean, it was like, you know, I remember like standing in the checkout line at ShopRite and like somebody saw I had a piece of like Yankees gear on. They're like, do you see he hit another one last night? You know, it was one of those things where it commanded the attention of so many people and brought so many people together. It was really fun. And it's, you know, one of those things that, you know, every season has its own sort of storylines and, you know, some seasons are more memorable or more forgettable than others. Um, but we'll look back on 2022 uh, many, many years from now and always remember what Aaron Judge did this year. You know, it's funny because uh, two of my most notable memories, in a sense, from the season and from the Aaron Judge chase happened when I wasn't here and I wasn't watching. I, I mentioned <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, you know, walking back to my car after uh, services in my synagogue for Yom Kippur and seeing that he had hit 62 and kind of just having that conversation with my kids in the car. But I don't think I ever mentioned this on here. 61, which obviously was in Toronto. I was at a Gaslight Anthem concert that night in uh, uh, Pier 17 uh, in the old South Street Seaport in New York. And one thing I'll remember is I was watching the game on my phone during the concert, but you could tell when it happened you know, uh, you knew who was watching. There was a little bit of like recognition from some corners of the crowd and whatever. And I look at my buddy I'm with and I tell him. And then like 10 minutes later, during one of his 37 minute monologues in the middle of the show, the lead singer, Brian Fallon just mentions like, oh, and by the way, Aaron Judge just hit number 61. <laughs> and it, it was, and obviously they're a local band. You know, I don't know if they're baseball fans at all. I don't know if he's a Yankees fan or anything like that. But I know the drummer Benny is. A Yankees yeah, fan. you're right. You're right. <laughs> but it was just one of those fun moments of like, because it's that thing you said about the supermarket. Uh, we, we all shared this together and it's hard to do that a lot during the baseball season because it's so long and the best team is going to lose some games. And yeah, there's, there's games that you all kind of get your back up about and get excited about and, and, and things like that. But most of the games at the end of the day, it, it's just a data point and a record, but that home run race this year, I've said it on this thing many times. I've said it to you many times for all the things I've seen in baseball, for all the things I've covered, for all the things I've been lucky enough to witness. I've never seen this. And I'm running out of things I can say that I've never seen in the sport, and it was pretty cool to find one. Yeah. I was at the um, Somerset Patriots game that night, and it was, uh, you know, they were playing for the championship of the Eastern League, and uh, it was quite a night for them. I mean, it was the the final game in a best-of-three series. And, and they won, like, 817-1, to one, right? Yeah, they just came out and obliterated this team, the Erie Seawolves. Like, they jumped out 9 nothing. I saw Jason Dominguez homer from both sides of the plate within, like, the first three innings. Um, and they combined for a no-hitter. <laughs> so it was all Patriots that night, but at some point in about the fifth or sixth inning, uh, you know, there must have been one TV in the ballpark that had uh, uh, the Yankee game on, and, uh, you know, people started just cheering, and it rippled throughout the crowd really quickly, and everybody realized what had happened. Um, so that was cool, too, to, you know, be at the game of a, a Yankees minor league affiliate and uh, to, to see the whole crowd there, you know, cheering for Aaron judge. It was just, there were so many memorable moments from this year. He had, just had an incredible year and, you know, it wasn't just the homers. It was when he hit them, how big some of those homers were. I mean, he never had a walk off Homer before this year. I think he hit three um, this year alone and uh, you know, everything he did for this team, um, He's just, you know, he's a special player and had a special year. Pretty good timing for him. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was awesome. It was really interesting for me because after 
game four on Sunday night, it was one of those situations where, and I think we talked about this in our last episode, the Yankees didn't win the World Series, which means we're not making a World Series commemorative publication. Um, So all the stuff we did during the postseason, of course, it's going to find its way into some things that we do next year, and certainly in spring training and everything like that. But there's not a publication covering these events. And frankly, when that season ends, there's plenty of times that I've, you know, not done the post game clubhouse or post game press conference because there's just not that much we need from that one moment. But this was a case where it was game four. It was already really late. It was a close game. So, you know, it could it, it could have gone either way. And certainly, you know, there were a few among us who, who thought, man, if they do win this one game, you know, who knows what happens. So I, I stuck around for the end of the game is my point. And once I was there, then you're looking at just loads of traffic. So I went down to the clubhouse. Aaron Boone was incredibly sad. It was clear in his press conference. And then and then you go into the clubhouse and the guys are down. It's quiet. It's, it's somber. In some ways, it wasn't as somber as you've seen in other years I, I think and this is no knock i'm not whatever it's just i think there's a difference between losing in six or seven games after mounting big comebacks and frankly just losing in four games i don't think they ever had the chance really to get that feeling that man we're gonna win this but it was interesting for me again and, and, and maybe i shouldn't be admitting this totally but i was in that room with my microphone and a lot of scrums and things like that but without that much to do and at one point i just kind of found myself next to aaron judge as he was just standing there and, and and there was one random question i had to ask him totally about something unrelated to anything and i got to then but i also just you know looked at him or you looked up to him obviously and was able to say like man aaron this was really just an incredible joy this year watching you and i don't think i've ever shared something like that with a big leaguer in that way and maybe it wasn't professional and maybe it wasn't right but it was just in that moment i just felt the need to say it because that wasn't a moment for disconnect and it wasn't a moment to feel like you know above the fray in in those things i was a little kid watching a lot of those home runs not because i'm cheering for the home run or yelling in the press box for any of these things just because it was so unique and fun and different and again, if I was in that situation again, I would I would say the same thing to him again. I don't I don't regret it, you know. But it was just I don't know. He he winked at me and said, you know, hey, whatever. And maybe that's just because he's really really good at knowing how to <laughs> handle weird people, making weird comments to him. <laughs> but it, it, it was just like a, a weird and interesting, and, and I felt somewhat necessary way to just kind of close the book for myself on this season, just to shake his hand and really say. And this has nothing to do with where he's going to be next year or anything like that. But just, I saw something really special this year, and I'm never going to forget that. Yeah, it was it was history in real time. And you know, for all that we love to celebrate the history here, and you know, I'm at the top of the list of guys who love to go back and read about the old days and the old players, and and you know, kind of unearth some of those stories. I mean, when history is being made in front of you in real time, I mean, it's so exciting. You know, I've said it before, you know that 50 years from now when somebody's writing a story about great home run seasons in Yankees history or something like that, they're going to be talking about the games that we were sitting here watching this year. So, yeah, I mean, I I get it. I don't think you were <laughs> I don't think you were off base at all for for saying that to him and I'm sure he appreciated it. But to get back to um, you know, something that you kind of alluded to earlier here, you know, you talked about how maybe the, you know, the stuff that we wrote or took notes on during this postseason might not, you know, see the light of day right away. But, you know, there will be things that 
make their way into our reporting next year. Like when you're writing a, a feature story about a guy and you're, you know, putting his whole career into context or something, uh, you might draw upon something he did this postseason or something you saw. So Harris Bitter. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, John, like what what stories are you already thinking for about for next year or or I guess what could you see yourself, uh, you know, drawing from this postseason when you're writing about this team next year? Well, I'm going to punt on that question a little bit, but but I'll here's how I will answer it. Sometimes the less glamorous moments of the postseason become the most interesting fodder, I think, for for stories. So as we sit here right now, and again. This is no knock on any. You'll have to just accept that I'm dealing in facts here right now. As we sit here right now, I don't think any Yankees fan is clamoring at this moment to read the Clark Schmidt story. I'm going to tell you, I think at some point next year, there is going to be a great Schmidt story. And I think this postseason is going to factor into that a lot. Will it be the highlight of his career? Probably not. Could it be potentially a turning point and a, and, a, and a maturing point? And I don't mean that in any negative way about him. I mean literally growing in the game and learning the game. And the example I'll go back to with this is one time when I wrote about Luis Severino, pretty much the most prominent part of that story was his worst outing on a professional mound ever in the 2017 wildcard game when it just seemed like the Yankee season was over. And it wasn't over. And they fought back. And he got his redemption both later in that postseason, but also in terms of showing who he really was over the next years after that. And, and so, again, I'm not picking on Clark Schmidt when I say this. I, you know, Maybe it turns out that he never develops into the pitchers of the Yankee, pitcher of the Yankees think he will. I don't think there's any reason to say that yet. But I think whatever happens to him, these games, that's going to be a part of his life story. And hopefully it becomes a part of his life story for the better. But again, to your point, Nate, just because it wasn't a great moment doesn't mean that that becomes irrelevant to us it could become very relevant to us yeah i i kind of feel the same way when i you know look at wandy peralta you know he's a guy who Ooh, yeah um you know we haven't really written about in at length yet and maybe uh you know next year we'll have an opportunity to do so and i feel like you know what he was called upon to do in this postseason will certainly be a, a big chapter in his story i think we could uh, prop out that photo shoot for the cover uh in the same way we once did Didi gregorius or ronald torres and have a lot of fun with the magic wandy over there but maybe <laughs> i'm just uh getting too far ahead of myself <laughs> and you know i mean he, he's one of several guys you know jonathan lewisaga i thought got a lot of good run this postseason and maybe that's something to build upon um and you know would the, a lot of these guys um you know it was a long road to get here and the uh the experience that they got should hopefully uh serve them well moving forward you know we'll see and i think that that leads to a point that look i don't think this is necessarily going to be popular among a lot of yankees fans maybe it is popular among yankees magazine podcast listeners certainly i imagine it's popular with some of our bosses but but here it goes i i really struggle as we discuss all these things that went right as we discuss all these things that went wrong i have a hard time throwing up my arms and yelling failure at what happened here. Of, of, of course, you don't want to get swept in the American League Championship Series. Of course, you don't want to ever lose to Houston uh, with, with the history these two teams have right now, a history that, frankly, is one-sided right now. I mean, you go back to the middle of the season when Aaron Boone kind of was asked about the narrative, and he just flat out said, like, the narrative is not going to change until we beat them. And you know what? Here's another year where the Yankees didn't beat them. That's a fact. Sorry. But the baseball season is so long and I pity people <laughs> who can't figure out the joy in 
that incredibly, incredibly long season and just narrow everything down to the postseason tournament that as you add more teams to it gets even more random. And again, that's not to say that the Yankees proved themselves to be a better team than the Astros this year. The Astros had a better regular season record. They had a better regular season record against the Yankees. And when they played in the postseason, the Astros won four games to nothing. I am not arguing that the Yankees somehow got unlucky (laughs) in the American League Championship Series. What I am saying is that why do you watch all year? Why do you invest all year if the only thing that's going to matter to you at the end is what happens in that last game? I, I, I guess I have trouble with that. Well, I mean, there's a, a a standard of success here, you know. It's um, I don't want to say people have been spoiled, but you know, people are <laughs> accustomed to championships, and so when there's uh, droughts, it's it's tough to take. And uh, when it's a team like Houston, where I mean, we don't need to rehash all the history there, but you know, it's a it's a team you really hate to lose to. So yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, that first morning after the after game four, I was wallowing. I was not a happy person. I was not fun to be around at all. And uh, you know, a lot of people it seems take even uh, more time than that to to get past it. Um, I'm just glad it's you know not. I'm glad to be a, a, an editor, and it's not on me to figure out how to how to get it. You know, get a, the team over the hump because I, I don't know what to do. I don't know what they do. I mean, we had a solid, great team this year. You know, won 99 games, won the division, uh, had a first half that was unbelievable. You know, we went into the postseason dinged up. You know, we were missing some key pieces, and I'm sure that a lot of the guys that were in there were probably not feeling 100. Um, percent that's just how it goes sometimes you know it's not to say houston didn't have guys that were also missing in action or 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 feeling you know not 100 percent either but um you know i I don't know really how you avoid that you know it's like how do you get a team to be as healthy as and and productive as the yankees were during the first half of this season uh in october i don't know it's not my my corner of the store and I'm, i'm glad it's not and Hopefully the, the people who are in charge of that sort of thing will uh, get it figured out for us. The great baseball writer, uh, Craig Calcaterra, has a fantastic newsletter that he puts out every day. And this morning, Wednesday, he had something in there which really resonated with me. And what he was saying was, on the one hand, kind of as, as I was just saying in some ways, the whole World Series championship or bust thing, it's both unpleasant and also unfair. To, to the team in, in a sense, especially again, like I said, with a bigger postseason. But the flip side to that is the Yankees are responsible for that. So they did it to themselves. You know, the Yankees created George Steinbrenner created the World Series championship or bust thing. And, and and so yeah, maybe you're right that it's just those that inability to get over that hump, maybe, you know, you do have to take it a little harder than perhaps I am. But I, I, what, what I keep going back to and, and maybe this yeah, it's a different scenario. Maybe it's not what Yankees Magazine podcast listeners want to hear about, but I've made no secret of the fact, obviously, I'm a Michigan fan. And when I was at Michigan from 1999 to 2003, and then in the couple of years thereafter, you know, the team had won the national championship in 1997, but it wasn't, I mean, before that, it had been a long time since the national championship. And then, you know, you had a lot of these years, which were eight and four, nine and three, 10 and two, nine and three, 
nine and three, ten and two, things like that, where they were very, very good, but maybe they lost to Ohio State, or maybe they just lost one extra game and didn't get the Big Ten championship. And Michigan fans made it very clear that was unacceptable. It was unacceptable to not be, you know, winning the Big Ten championship every year, not be beating Ohio State every year. And so what happened is they more or less kind of made it clear that Lloyd Carr wasn't the right coach for that moment. And his replacement showed them what really was unacceptable, which was three and nine. And the point I'm making is not to get complacent. It's not anything like that. It's just there's a part of me that thinks there's only so much that a front office or a manager or even a roster of 26 people can do. There's a lot of luck involved in this thing. And maybe it's unfair or maybe it's boring or maybe it's just inaccurate to say the Yankees have been victims of a lot of bad luck. I'm not suggesting everything they've done is perfect. But the point I made to you yesterday, Nate, if you want to look at the model franchises since I've worked here, let's just let's just set the marker there. So since the 2014 season, the model franchises are the Astros and the Dodgers. And each one of those teams has won World Series championship. I would feel a lot different about this and a lot, maybe a lot more angry, if you will, about inabilities to get over that hump if what you were looking at was one team that was winning four championships and another team that was winning three championships and why aren't the Yankees there the reality is the sport has more parity right now than it ever has before and there's no clear roadmap to a World Series championship and if there was one I mean if there was one Hal Steinbrenner Brian Cashman Aaron Boone all these people they would they would follow it like <laughs> there's no reason to think they wouldn't the Yankees have an incredibly high payroll the Yankees have invested incredibly heavily in their farm system. You mentioned Somerset winning the championship this year. The rail riders at AAA were great this year. I mean, the Yankees have Anthony Volpe, one of the top prospects in baseball. Peraza is a huge prospect. Obviously, who came up at the end of the year. Dominguez is a huge prospect, things like that. The Yankees obviously traded some of their prospects this year. It's very easy, I think, to sit there and say all the things that went wrong and therefore the Yankees are doing wrong. And I think that when you actually break some of the stuff down, some stuff just doesn't go right all the time. Some stuff gets bad luck all the time. That's not an excuse, and it's also probably not fulfilling and enjoyable to listen to. But I mean, maybe my lukewarm take is just that you know stuff happens. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard. I mean, only only one team can win it every year, and uh, it's almost harder when it's you know you make it to the final four, and you're like, okay, so you know. Y- we don't it's not like we finish in last place in the division you know if that were the case you'd be like okay we need some substantial changes here you know we got to blow this thing up and start over or something because this is just way off but you know we're right there we're knocking on the door and it's just uh you know it's things to be saying that again uh for you know it's been 13 years now since we've gotten into the big dance at the end um but maybe next year will be the year 2023 yeah I, look as i sit here right now do i think that the Yankees are one of the favorites for next year. Yeah. Are there things they could do to make themselves more of a favorite in 2023? Sure. I, I just, I mean, again, I'm not, I'm not trying to just like throw up my arms here and say none of this matters. Cause look, there's 50,000 people here during a lot of these games. You think this stuff matters a lot and millions more watching on TV. And I'm fans are always right. I'm not blaming the fans for being passionate and I'm not going to say fans are wrong for what they think. I just, you know, it, it, it's really hard to sustain the level of excellence that I, I believe, I choose to believe maybe, that the Yankees have had for pretty much our entire adult lives. And a lot of that is the continuity that we've seen in, in the Yankee system. Now, is that maybe if some people want to say that level of continuity a negative because it you know has led to 
a bunch of top five, top six, top seven finishes, but no top one or two finishes. I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to tell you you're wrong for thinking that. All I will say is, if you if you go burn everything down, you better hope that you have a real solid blueprint for what you're building after that, because it's harder than you think it is when you know everything's in ashes on the ground. Fortunately, we haven't had to do that uh, in a very long time. So, you know, there will be changes. We'll have a, a new look team next year. There'll be some some new faces. And, uh, you know, we'll be here to document it all and write about it in Yankees Magazine every month. And that, for me, is the hardest part right now as because we, we have no choice right now but to start thinking about 2023. I mean, I'm going to watch the World Series. I think it's a fascinating series, but it's a bummer, obviously. But, I mean, you know, the work starts for next year right now in a sense, and you're thinking about this stuff. But you know there's going to be changes, like you said, and some of them will be painful, and some of them will be a bummer. And, I mean, there's players on that team who I've really enjoyed covering for a couple of years, or a lot of years in certain cases, who you just don't know what the story is there. And, look, I, these aren't my friends. These aren't my buddies. I'm not whatever. But, you know, there are people who I have a relationship with in terms of having written about them for a long time and having felt come to believe that I understand them in some ways. And one I'll go back to, I've said this a lot on here, you know, it just, I always remember when we lost Austin Romine, not that he was such a you know, huge contributor in the box score, but I know how helpful he was to me in a lot of stories. And I know that he explained things about baseball to me that no one else ever had in ways that were just really easy to understand. And you know, there's going to be people like that that we lose this year. And, and, and that's the hard part. And these are humans also. These are, again, you see them in that moment when it ends. And I know what it feels like for me to be going from 100 miles per hour and never knowing where I'm going to be the next day to suddenly, you know, you're in reverse, essentially. Um, and I'm not playing. And it's not my life. And you see it on their faces. And yeah, one guy I'll remember seeing just really looking like kind of shell-shocked was Lucas Litke, who wasn't on the roster in the ALCS. But you just know how it affects all these guys. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's it's a life. It's, you know, they're out there on the field. They're what the fans pay the money for. But... You know, we're uh, here behind the scenes, and uh, yeah, it's just, it's so exciting when the postseason does roll around, uh, and then when it's over, it's just like, oof, it's uh, it's a bit of a jolt to the system, so it's never a fun time, And uh, but I have experienced what it's like to be that last team standing, and that's what keeps you coming back for more. I mean, it's there's nothing quite like it. It's celebrating, you know, in 09, we got to do it here at home, too, which is even better, Um you know, so uh, those memories are, are still fresh in my mind. And, uh, you know, I go into every postseason imagining being able to do it again. You know, being in the uh, the parade up the Canyon of Heroes. And, I mean, these are things that just you'd never imagine you would be part of. And I do wonder if maybe that has something to do with our different perspectives here to some degree. And not that we're disagreeing totally, but... I don't think you can ever have an experience where you feel as a member of the front office, if you want to put it that way here, like you're a member of the team more than when you're celebrating a World Series championship. And I, and I haven't done that, and I don't know it. I have not gotten to be in a parade, like you said, in downtown Manhattan. I've not gotten to run the bases in a you know business suit, um, sliding it to home and explaining to your wife why he, <laughs> your suit's no longer okay. And, 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 uh, and I mean, we're laughing, but like I imagine that does really change how you view your role here in some ways, you know, not, and, and there are days when look, Nate, you, you wear a ring sometimes to work that, uh, is a whole lot nicer than 
my wedding ring <laughs> a little more expensive. <laughs> I think that changes things. And I, and I think you're right. I know that I want to experience that. And I know that it looks amazing. I can't imagine what it's like to have experienced it and want more. It does change things. There's no doubt about it. You know, I think we got our rings, I want to say in May of 2010, you know, so they, they give them to the players on opening day in April of 2010. And, you know, you kind of, you never know for certain if, if everybody's going to get one because, you know, they, the Steinbrenner family doesn't have to give a ring to everybody. Um, you know, it is kind of tradition and, you know, you would see some of the, uh, you know, longtime employees who had their rings from the, the championships in the 90s. And so you're kind of holding out hope like, oh, have you heard anything? And then, uh, you know, that day comes where, you know, Debbie Timon calls us and we go down to her office and she explains, you know, the this Steinbrenner family wants you guys to each have one of these and you open up that box and uh, it absolutely does change things. It took me a while to actually get comfortable with the idea of, of having one because I'm like, I don't, you know, what did I do? I wrote stories about these guys, but after you kind of come around to realize, you know, we're, we are all part of the same team and we are all, no matter what part of the organization you work in, you're trying to do your best. You're trying to be the best in the league. It, it brings you all together, you know? And so I had been with the Yankees for just a couple of years at that point. And I would say, you know, after it, it took a good, like six months, I would say to even be comfortable with like the idea of having that ring. Um, then, but then once you do, you realize like, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm part of this team here. So it did, it did change things for me and hopefully, uh, we'll get you a ring next year, John. Yeah. And that's <laughs> the thing. I mean, I hope so. And on the one hand, that would be amazing and everything like that. And on the other hand, I, I just never want to fully lose the ability to appreciate the season that we just saw. And maybe this is the full circle moment that we can you know, wrap it up on because, Look, if you go back to 2017, that LCS lost to Houston before we knew even all the stuff that was going on in the tunnels uh, during that series, I think you would have been right in that moment to assume, as sad as you were and as hard as it was to handle, okay, this team's going to be back. This team is. This team will be. This team will get over that hump soon. And now, as we sit here with Aaron Judge, a free agent to be, and all all these things. It's pretty bittersweet because it didn't happen. They never got farther. They never got to game seven again in the LCS. And that's a bummer in a lot of ways. But I, I, I just, I can understand people feeling unfulfilled because they should. Fine. I, I just can't myself feel like every single thing since then has been a failure. I can't do it. There's been too much good. There's been too much interesting. There's been too much success. And God, in baseball, it's just... We can have arguments that the postseason is the right size. We can have arguments it's too small, too big, whatever. The reality is just you play for so long. You play every day. Some years like this year, the team wins 99 games after being on 125 win pace at some point. And, you know, maybe you're supposed to look at that as a disappointment. Maybe you're supposed to look at that as just a team that persevered through a lot of stuff in the second half and got there. I don't, I don't know what it is. All I'm saying is maybe it takes a few days. Maybe it takes a few weeks. Maybe it takes until the team finally does get over the hump, which will happen at some point, but just it, my, my wish for all of you is first off to be nice to each other and be nice to everybody. Cause this is going to be a really brutal off season. This is going to be a hard off season. There's a lot of things that are 
looming over Yankees fans right now. Well, it can't be harder than last offseason <laughs> with the lockout. I, I, I think, fine. I think this is going to be a very hard offseason. So go easy on yourself. Be nice to each other. But also just find some joy because it's too hard to go through all this stuff if you can't find joy. Yeah. And, you know, look around at some of the other fan bases in Major League Baseball, and there's a lot of them that would gladly change their last six seasons, their last six Octobers with with what we've gotten to experience. You know, yeah, it's it's hard not to make it to the World Series. Um, but it's really exciting to be in October in the postseason. And uh, we've had some exciting games and gotten to watch some amazing performances. Hopefully next year we'll see a few more of them. Let's do that together. As for what's going to happen for us, of course, we are, look, we're already thinking about working on next year's magazines, but we are going to spend the offseason with you guys. Uh, we'll be back in I don't know if we're going to be back in two weeks or if we're going to take the next episode off. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Follow us on Twitter at Yanks Magazine and you'll find out when our next episode is or, of course, subscribe to this podcast and you'll get it there. But the reality is we always do have a lot of fun with the podcast in the off season. There's a lot of, you know, certainly we made some predictions at the beginning of the season and we're going to have to go back and check how we did on those for better or worse. We, uh, we always like to, you know, talk about things that we're thankful for. We always like to give each other some gifts uh, and just you know try to go through this together because as i said at the top of this thing this is the time of year again you're right maybe less so than last year with with regard to the lockout but this is the time of year when every time i talk to anybody whether it's friend or foe or family or whatever it's what are you hearing what are you hearing what are you hearing and the answer is almost 100 percent of the time nothing um (laughs) there there was a moment actually during the, the division series when i think i found out literally 20 minutes before the masses that the game was going to be rained out. And I think that might've been the first time in my career with the Yankees that I actually did have a scoop. Um, <laughs> so it's not the scoops necessarily that people want that I have, but anyhow, my point being, we don't know. We have no idea what's going to happen any more than you do. You want to know who the Yankees are signing and when follow Jeff Passan, follow, <laughs> you know, Mark Feinsand, all that stuff. But if you want to have some fun with us and talk about baseball and kind of get ready for, what we have to look forward to in 2023 and all the other things that we get to do here, follow along as we go out of town to report on some great stories that we're going to be able to bring you in 2023. Just stick with us because even though the Yankee season is over, this is always a time of year when we have a lot of fun in the podcast. No doubt. And I'm looking forward to it. The, uh, the work never stops here. Like you said, we're already, uh, talking about the stories that we want to do this off season and, um, we'll be getting to work on them immediately so uh there's there'll be plenty to talk about and you know with with this team there's there's always something going on so stick with us nate we're gonna get that frown turned upside down for you but uh <laughs> you know it's, the it's burritos always, will help the burritos will help and it's always good doing it's always good talking i uh i wish we were talking under happier circumstances but you're right someday we will be absolutely and to all the rest of you thank you for listening to another episode of the yankees magazine podcast and really let me say thank you for listening to this season of the Yankees Magazine podcast. It has been a joy, a privilege, really, to get to talk about these stories and and for you to give us a little bit of your time every other week the way you have. We don't take it lightly. Obviously, we do ask that you subscribe, that you rate, review us, that you get your friends to subscribe, that you talk about us, that you 
you know, obviously stop listening to other podcasts and only listen to ours. I think that's only fair at this point. But you can get us at yankees.com slash podcast or the podcast app of your choice. Of course, all of our long form content is available online at yankees.com slash magazine. And we will get back to talking about that stuff soon. We also would love it if you went to yankees.com slash publications or called 800-GO-YANKS to subscribe to Yankees Magazine or buy back issues. Right around the holidays, right around Black Friday is always the time of year that we start some fun packages, usually involving tickets or other stuff. We don't know what we're doing yet, but of course, keep checking there. Keep checking our Twitter account at Yanks Magazine. Check us out on Facebook at Yankees Magazine, and you'll be able to get all the information you need there. And lastly, of course, please write to us at podcast at yankees.com and let us know what you want, what you want us to discuss, what you think we're doing wrong, all that stuff. It's been a wild season. Sorry for uh, the way it's ending. Sorry there are two more teams playing and, you know, that's the way it is. But in the meantime, thank you for listening. Have a great day. And soon enough, go Yanks. Hey, this is Giancarlo Stan. If you like what you're hearing... Why don't you rate and review us? And while you're at it, tell your friends to subscribe. Thanks so much, and go Yankees. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.